And that's why we're here tonight, to join together to sing this hallelujah of praise to the Lord. And so tonight, we're going to sing hallelujah once again. And we're going to start with singing a song, O Come All Ye Faithful. I want to invite you to stand with me tonight as we sing it. And let's join together in singing this song together this evening. <laughs> It's an anthem that calls other people to join together with you in singing praise to the Lord. But what do you have to praise God for? What do any of us have to praise God for? Why would we be so compelled to sing 
praise to the Lord. What can I say? When you understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you, it will compel your heart to shout a hallelujah of praise to the Lord. And so for a little while here tonight, we're going to focus on who Jesus is. We're going to focus on what it is that Jesus Christ has accomplished for us that compels our heart to be able to say hallelujah to the Lord. And the first reason that we've been given to sing hallelujah is because Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Now, around this time of year especially, we hear that word a lot. But I would say that for many people, if I ask you to tell me what Messiah means, you might not be able to tell me what it's all about. The word Messiah, it, it literally means the anointed one. That's what it means, the chosen one. It's a word that refers to the one that God promised would come and deliver the people of this world from all the evil that is in this world. In the very beginning, the Bible tells us that when mankind fell into sin, the sin that brought all the evil and the devastation and the death and the fear that pervades this world today. When that sin came into the world, God gave a promise that he was going to send someone who was going to deliver us from all those forces of evil that are at work in our world today. And for thousands of years, the people of this world looked for that Messiah they looked for that chosen one who was supposed to come to deliver us from all the craziness and the evil that's going on in this world today. On Christmas, God came through on his promise. He sent that chosen one, that anointed one, that Messiah into the world. And that is why they called Jesus the Christ. It's the New Testament word for the anointed one. Or the Messiah, the Christ. Oftentimes we refer to him as Jesus Christ. That Christ points to the fact that he was the one God chose to send into this world to save us. And that's why the Bible tells us when the angel made the proclamation about Jesus' birth. This is what he said to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. That Messiah, that Christ is Jesus. He's the one that God promised to send to this world to bring deliverance to all of humanity. But can I tell you, he was not the Messiah that anyone expected him to be. You see, when Jesus came into this world, he did not come to deliver people from governmental tyranny or to deliver them from economic struggle. Rather, he came to deliver them from something far more significant and deadly, and that is the consequences of our sin. That's right. Amen. This world misunderstood the reason why Jesus came that first time. But long before he was ever born, the prophet Isaiah made very clear why he was coming. In Isaiah chapter 61, in verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, speaking of Jesus Christ hundreds of years before he was born, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he himself stood in the synagogue one day and read this passage of scripture and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. Jesus was the prophesied Messiah come to deliver us all. You know, today people are still looking for a Messiah. They're still looking for someone to come and deliver us from all of our problems. The problem is too many people are looking for a Messiah in a politician or in a leader of some other sort. And I tell you, you'll never find your Messiah in any, in any other man. Jesus Christ is the one and only Messiah. He's the one and only person God sent into this world who can deliver you from all the trouble and turmoil and sin that you struggle with in this world. And Jesus Christ alone is the one who can save you from all of those things. And so now we sing Alleluia to the Messiah. This one that God promised to send to deliver us. He is the one that has now come and made it possible for us to be saved. 
Son of God and Son of Man, heaven's glory in a manger has come to us in Bethlehem. to sing Alleluia to the Lord. Not only because He's our Messiah, the one God promised to send to deliver us. The second reason I find is because Jesus is also our Emmanuel. It's another word that we hear a lot around this time. Emmanuel. You know, long before He was ever known as Jesus, He was known as Emmanuel. In fact, 700 years, over 700 years before Jesus was ever born, the prophet Isaiah again foretold that he was coming. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, this is what was written. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. For hundreds of years, the people of this world looked for this Emmanuel to come into the world. And several hundred years after Isaiah gave this prophecy... In the months preceding the birth of Jesus Christ, a messenger angel appeared to a man named Joseph and informed him that the woman that he was engaged to was pregnant. She was pregnant with a child that God himself had placed within her womb. A holy child who was to be this Emmanuel prophesied of old, this one that God said was going to come. And the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The Bible, Matthew 1, then goes on to inform us why this was so significant. It says in verse 22, Now all this was done 
that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What a powerful thought that is. This Jesus that we worship, this Jesus who was born on Christmas Day, was that Emmanuel. God come down to be with us. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, is of, this of him. In the beginning was the Word. That's talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same person was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And it goes on to say that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, even the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Timothy, Timothy 3.16 tells us that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then received up into glory. This is the gospel. God doesn't hate you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he would step down from his heavenly throne and come live in this old sinful, stinky world. And he came down to live among us so that he could make it possible for us to one day go and live with him for eternity. Amen. That's the beauty of Emmanuel. God come down to be with us. And today we sing Alleluia. I say Alleluia. Join together in praising the Lord with me. Because God has come down to be with us. God came down to be with us so that he could die for us. So that when we believe in him, he could come to live in our hearts for all of eternity. And I want to join together in singing an hallelujah praise to the Lord for being our Emmanuel today. So why don't we stand together? We're going to sing Angels from the Realms of Glory with a new chorus called Emmanuel. Let's sing it together. Angels from the realms of glory, bring your fire.
seated. Just start it fresh from the start. things about how Jesus came and what he accomplished for us that should amaze us, but really is the wonder of wonders that God would come down to be with unworthy people like us. There are a lot of reasons we have to sing hallelujah. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is our Messiah. But perhaps the thing that we most attribute to singing praise to Jesus Christ for is the fact that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our Savior. The name Jesus that the angel told Mary to give to the child that she was going to bear is of great significance. The angel told her in Luke chapter 1 and verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. This holy child that was being sent from God, from heaven, God wanted his name to be called Jesus for a particular reason. 
The name Jesus, it, it comes from two different root words. In the Hebrew language, it comes from the Hebrew word Jehoshua, which literally means Jehovah is salvation. And then it also comes from the word Jeshua, which means a Savior. And Jesus Christ was the Savior sent to bring salvation from God to all of humanity. That's why we sing hallelujahs of praise to Jesus during this season. But it begs the question, why does mankind need a Savior? What do we need to be saved from? Some of you might be sitting here thinking, tonight, well, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Um, I don't know that I really need saving. I don't, I'm not in debt. I, I'm not, my family's not in distress. I don't have a lot of problems right now. As you look at your life, especially for us as American Christians, we can look and, and, and reason, well, I don't really need a Savior. Maybe I'll have problems down the road and I'll need God in my life then, but I don't really need God now. That's how many American people live their lives. The truth of the matter is you don't need a Savior because of the condition of your bank account or your job status or your health. That's not what Jesus came to be a Savior for. There's a reason why God told us Jesus was coming in this world to be our Savior. In another passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel said that his name shall be called Jesus, and here's why. For he shall save his people from their sins. See, the reason you need saved and I need saved is because we have a sin problem. We need saved from our sins. Sin is anything that you do that breaks God's law. God says don't lie. If you've ever lied, then you've broken God's law. God says not to have impure thoughts. If you've ever had impure thoughts, you've broken God's law. You might look at your life and look at the person sitting next to you and think, well, I'm a whole lot better than this person. <laughs> now, don't tell them that, especially if it's your spouse, okay? <laughs> but that's not how God looks at us. See, God looks down on us from heaven and sees us one of two ways, holy or unholy, right. perfect or sinful. And the fact is, every one of us, when we're born into this world, are born as sinners. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We might live our lives wanting to reach God's glory, wanting to go to heaven and be with the Lord someday. We might try our hardest, but try as hard as we might, we are always going to fall short. God's standard is perfection and none of us are perfect. All of us have fallen short. All of us have sinned. And to make matters worse, not only have we all sinned, but the Bible makes it very clear as well that we don't deserve to be rewarded for breaking God's law. We deserve to be punished for breaking God's law. The Bible says the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Romans 6 and verse 23, the Bible says that the wages or the penalty of sin is death. There's a reason why Every person who enters this world is bound one day to die unless the Lord returns. And the reason why we all die is because we're all sinners. That's a consequence we deserve for our sin. And yet the penalty we deserve for sin is far worse than a physical death. Understand this. It's a spiritual death. The Bible says that in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14 that death and hell, all those who are dead, will one day be cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. Friend, the only reason the gospel is good news is because there's bad news that it's good news for. And the bad news is that we're sinners and we deserve, because of our sin, to be punished in a Christless hell for all of eternity. Well, that's not fun to talk about. But it is what the Bible teaches us. Right. And it is a reality that every one of us needs to face. And this is why God wanted us to call his name Jesus, Savior, because Jesus came to save us from the penalty that we deserve for our sins. Jesus came to die for us, for our sins, so that we don't have to die. And he came to offer us a way of salvation that we could never provide for ourselves. The best news of all for us sitting in this room today is that Jesus is still the Savior. Amen. He wasn't just a Savior for people who lived back at that time. He's still alive and well today. 
He died on a cross and was buried and has risen again and made possible our salvation through his sacrifice. And now he lives forever. The Bible says, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost who come unto God by him. Friend, Jesus Christ can still save your soul today. And that's what's so awesome about Christmas. That's what's so great about these things that we're celebrating here today. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that he is the Savior of all men and especially of those that believe in him. And uh, the Lord has made it very simple to receive Jesus as your Savior. He just tells you you need to believe what he has done for you can save your soul. You can receive the salvation that he came to provide for you. You can leave this place knowing Jesus is not just a Savior, but that he's your Savior. And for those of us that do know Jesus as our Savior, I think we can all be honest here today and agree that's the, one of the greatest reasons that we have been given during this season and any season to sing an alleluia of praise to the Lord because Jesus Christ is our God that still saves us today. I want to join together in singing an alleluia of praise to the Lord with a song called Joy to the World. I think you know it well. The new chorus called Our God Saves. Let's all stand together as we sing this song at this time. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare it through. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. 
grace is amazing. Amen. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might be made rich. <laughs> God's was so gracious that he'd step down from heaven's throne, come down to this earth so he could make it possible for you to go back up and be in heaven with him one day. That's the measure of the grace of God. I thank God for His grace. It's a reason we sing Alleluia to Him. There's a final reason we're going to look at tonight for why we sing Alleluia to the Lord. We've seen, we sing Alleluia to the Lord because He's Messiah, He's Emmanuel, He's our Savior. The final reason we'll look at tonight is because He's King. Jesus Christ is King. Amen. One of the, on the night that Jesus was born, one of the things that took place was there was a group of shepherds. We've been looking at this, if you've been here on Sunday mornings, for the past couple of Sunday mornings. Now that night with those group of shepherds, they were the first ones to hear the angels sing an alleluia of praise to the Lord. Let me read you about what happened there in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, And they were in the same country, shepherd, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord uh, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, toward man. Now what type of event could warrant the celebration of the entire angelic choir in heaven? Nothing since the creation of the world had warranted such a, such a feat to take place in this world. And I'll tell you what warranted it at this time. It was the birth of the king of heaven. See, Jesus was not just Israel's king. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. There's no higher throne that exists in the universe than the throne that King Jesus sits on here today. Amen. It's funny to me, sometimes we struggle with worrying about the people that are in power in our day and time. If you really think about it, it should just make you laugh. Because Jesus sits on a higher throne. That's right. They can't do anything without his sovereign rule get allowing them to do so. 
And everything that Jesus allows is for a good purpose for us as his people. What reassurance that gives to us. The angel told those unsuspecting shepherds on that night when they heard this wondrous proclamation from them that the child born on that day was none other than Christ the Lord, the anointed one who was sovereign and supreme over all others. Israel's prophesied king uh, who hundreds of years before had been prophesied to come. Prophet uh, Isaiah foretold that this divine king would come to Israel in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 when he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's King Jesus. I find it interesting, though, that when the king of the universe came into this world, he did not come in splendor, but he came in poverty. He chose a poor woman and a poor man to be his earthly mother and mother and uh, Joseph's stepfather. He was born into a small, despised town in Israel. There was no significance to his birth. He was even born in a barn. They laid his newborn body in a feeding trough for an animals, a, a manger. That's how the king of heaven entered into this earth. Because he did not come to be ministered to. He had that in heaven. He came down to this earth with a purpose. And that was to minister to you and me. To make possible our salvation. Though he was born in humility, we know from what the Bible teaches that because of what Jesus Christ has done and because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us, he's no longer in, in a place of humility. The Bible tells us that now he's exalted higher than anyone else in the universe. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's no one higher than King Jesus. He's exalted above all. Friend, that's one of the reasons that we have to sing an alleluia of praise to him because he's our king. He's the one that rules over our life. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather have King Jesus than any politician this world will ever come up with. I'd rather have King Jesus than any other leader in this world that you could put before me here today. I'm so glad he's our king. And I want to worship him as our king together tonight. So let's stand together. We're going to sing this song, a song called This is Jesus. Worship him as our king.
follow the star to a place unexpected would you believe after all we've projected a child in a manger lowly and small the weakest of all unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl just a child is this who we waited for cause how many kings stepped down from their thrones how many lords have abandoned their homes how many greats have become the least for me and how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart how many fathers gave up their sons for me bringing out gifts for the newborn savior all that we have whether costly or meek because we Christmas, it actually comes from a French word, Noel. I know you've heard of that before. And uh, the phrase Noel, it, it literally means good news. That's where we get the idea of Merry Christmas from. And you know Christmas really is good news. We've seen a little bit of the reason why that is tonight. The bad news is that you and I, when we are born of this world, we're lost in the darkness of our sin. We're hopelessly lost. I mean, there is nothing that we can do to save ourselves out of our sinful state. And God knew that was the case. And that's why the Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is why Christmas is good news. I think we understand it's not really about the presents, it's not really about the lights, it's not really about the fanfare, the Christmas parties, it's not even about the eggnog, okay? <laughs> it's all about Jesus who came for a very specific reason to save us from our sins. We've already seen why we need saving here tonight. And the good news of Christmas is that Jesus Christ can save us. He has come and done what was necessary to pay for your sins so that you can be saved. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that Jesus, even though He knew no sin, He became sin for us so that we 
could be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus, when he came into this world, he took the rags of our wretchedness, our sinfulness upon himself. And he suffered God's wrath for all the wrong things that you and I have done when he suffered on that cross. Now, because he's been buried and risen again three days later, the Bible says he has the power to give you something that you could never obtain on your own. And that is his righteousness. Jesus took the robes, the rags of your wretchedness so that he could exchange them with the robes of his righteousness and give that to you. So that when God looks at you, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees a saint. He sees someone whose sins have been paid for in full through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came into this world. And that's why it's so important that we celebrate Christmas. Because that's why Jesus came to save us. And so the good news of Christmas is that Jesus has come to save you. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. No matter how deep in the darkness of your sinfulness that you, that, that you may be here today. Jesus Christ can save you. You say, well, I'm too far gone. You couldn't save somebody like me. I've had people say this to me before. Well, I'm just surprised that God didn't strike me down with lightning when I stepped in the church building. <laughs> That's not how God thinks of you. God loves you. God sent his son to die for you so that you could be saved. And there's no greater assurance that you could ever have, no greater gift that you could ever receive than the gift of salvation that Jesus Christ came in this world to offer to you today. The Bible says, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now here tonight, all of you should have received the candle. I made the mistake last year of having everyone light their candles at the beginning of the service. About midway through the service, I started hearing some kids go, Ow! Ow! Uh, so we're waiting till the end of the service this time, all right? Uh, I, I, I might have been homeschooled, but I learned a thing or two, okay? <laughs> but Jesus came as a solitary light into this world. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But Jesus came to shine the light of the truth of the gospel abroad into all of this world. And when you trust in Jesus as your Savior, His light is ignited within your soul. You may, have been, you may be in the darkness of your sin today, but if you'll trust in Jesus' forgiveness of your sin, you can have Jesus Christ's Spirit move into your heart, and you can have His light shine abroad in your soul. For the people that believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus said, now, you are the light of the world. You can have the light of Christ shining in your soul here today. And if you are still in darkness, Jesus wants to invite you through the message of Christmas to trust in Him as your Savior so that you can have His light shining within your soul. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you will turn to Jesus Christ today and trust Him as your Savior, friend, I'll tell you, He will save you. And he will shine his light abroad, even into the darkness of a soul like yours today. He can save you. I wonder, for those of us who know Jesus as our Savior, we've experienced that light within our hearts. And that's one of the reasons we gather together on a night like this to sing hallelujah to the Lord. But I do wonder if there's someone in this room tonight, you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior when it comes to your sins, you don't know if they're forgiven. You don't know if you truly have Jesus Christ in your life. You might know about him, but you don't know him personally. The Bible gives us a simple prescription for how you can know Jesus, receive Jesus Christ into your life. John chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. Friend, if you'll just make the choice to believe in Jesus, call out to him in faith, and trust him as your Lord and Savior, you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight when you leave this place. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse number 13 tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, Pastor, is it really that simple? 
I just believe and ask Jesus to save me and he does it? Yes, it's that simple. It's not rocket science. You say, well, don't I have to go to church and don't I have to do a bunch of good things and don't I have to give money and don't I have to be baptized? No, no, no. Jesus did it all. That's right. All you need to do is trust in his finished work to save your soul. There's nothing you can do to save yourself, but Jesus can save you. And if you believe in him and ask him to, he'll save your soul tonight. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes with me here this evening. If you don't have Jesus in your life today, you can if you'd be willing to trust him as your Savior. Now, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, there's been a day and time when you've prayed and asked Jesus to save you. If you're injured tonight and you're not sure about that, can I encourage you, if God's speaking to your heart, would you, in the stillness of this moment, be willing to pray and ask Jesus Christ to save you? It's not your prayer that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. But it is your faith that allows you to receive his salvation. When you believe in him, he gives you forgiveness of your sin. If you're sitting in your seat tonight, God is speaking to your heart, not out loud, but quietly in your heart. Would you pray something like this to the Lord? Lord Jesus, I know that you came into this world to save someone like me. I know I'm a sinner, and I don't deserve what you did. Lord Jesus, I pray now and ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I believe that when you died on the cross, you did what was necessary to save someone like me. Lord Jesus, I believe you can forgive me, and I ask you to. I believe that you can give me eternal life, and I want to receive that from you today. I believe in you, Jesus. I trust in you as my Savior, my Lord, my King, my Messiah. Lord Jesus, please help me to go from this place and live my life for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I imagine many of you sometime in your past have prayed a prayer like that. And I'm thankful. I'm not asking you to tell me if you've been saved in the past. What I'm asking for is for you, if you tonight, God spoke to your heart and you made the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior right in that moment. Would you raise your hand as a testimony to the Lord and say, Pastor Bruce, I just made, no, no one's looking around. I just want to give God glory tonight. You say, Pastor Bruce, I made that decision to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior tonight. Amen. If there be anyone else, say, Pastor Bruce, I made that decision tonight. I see those hands. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We rejoice with you. And friend, can I tell you something? If you made the decision to trust Christ as your Savior tonight, we want to help you understand what that's all about. We have some stuff we'd like to give to you, and I hope that you will do something for me. If you made that decision, or maybe you have some questions about making that decision, that's the greatest gift we could give to you at this Christmas. And I want you to take a connection card in the seat back in front of you and write your name on it and drop it off at the welcome desk on your way out, the little desk in the lobby. We'd like to give you some things to help you understand that decision you made tonight. No greater decision you ever make than the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we rejoice with you for making that decision here tonight. Lord Jesus, we come before you again and thank you for this opportunity to be able to declare the gospel tonight. And Lord, I am so grateful that you're still in the business of saving souls. And so many times, Lord, over the years, I've seen you work in a simple service like this. And whether we have been able to witness it in the moment or not, you're always speaking to hearts. And I thank you for your saving work. And I thank you especially for those who lifted a hand tonight. Lord, you know their hearts. But they lifted a hand tonight and indicated they prayed and trusted you as their Savior. And we rejoice with them and give you glory for the work that you did in their hearts. And Lord, for the rest of us, I hope the reason we didn't lift a hand is because we've already lifted our voice and called, unto, called upon you as our Savior at some point in the past. And together, Lord, because we have you as our Savior, our Messiah, our King, our Lord, our Savior... It gives us the reason to truly sing an alleluia of praise to you. And we thank you for the time we've been able to enjoy tonight to do just that. Now bless the rest of our, our, our worship here tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'd like to call our ushers forward at this time. Don't worry, it's not for an offering, okay? Um, but I'd like to end our service by lighting our candles here tonight and singing some songs of praise together. Tonight, we're going to demonstrate how the light of Jesus Christ has shined in all of our hearts. 
I've got one light right here. And uh, this light represents Jesus Christ. How he came into this world as a light to shine his light abroad in all of our hearts. As the light uh, uh, began to shine, Jesus chose some disciples. And uh, here we got these ushers are going to be those disciples here. We'll see how far we can carry this light. They're going to start sharing that with each other. As the light of Christ began to spread, the more it began to spread, the brighter it began to become. And so many of us now have the light of Jesus Christ shining within our hearts. I want to tell you something. As we get ready to spread this light around the room, the ushers are going to go down the aisle and in each aisle, they're going to light at least one of your candles. And then I want you to take your light, and I want you to spread it down the aisle to the rest of the people that are in your aisle. Try not to burn someone as you do it, okay? And we're going to join together as they do this in singing the same song that the choir sang at the beginning. I'd like to ask you to join us in singing it as we stand together here tonight. And I want to sing this song of Alleluia to the Lord. So let's stand together tonight. We're going to light our candles tonight and enjoy a song of praise together. Let's sing together. tonight.